Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Brian Maiman, co-founder of Rolling Bones Outdoors. To my left and my other left is Brian Martin, gear extraordinaire. Seriously, I, <laughs> it's amazing how much you know. And um, But uh, I, I really, really, really know that it's, it's exactly what, uh, oh, I don't want to name drop here, but your buddy from Bozeman. Yeah. Yeah. So we won't name drop. Um, nothing drives me nuts. Somebody getting a cheap plug in. Super great guy though. Amazing human being, and uh, enjoyed the time I have spent with him. But anyway, been there, done that. Brian Martin have the T-shirt. Know how to make it work better next time. MacGyvered the crap out of it, and here I am, still alive. The great Brian Martin. There's you sound Dr. like you're going to start a boxing match. <laughs> exactly. We're going to mix it up here a little bit. Then there's Dr. Brad Damon. WWE. DDDS. There's one too many Ds there, buddy. Oh, wait. The most redneck hillbilly doctor I've ever met, my dentist doctor I've ever met in my life, So, which is good. So, And anyway, I really don't like dentists because I have a bad gag reflex. And when people's got, anyway, we won't even go there because Brian will take it somewhere wrong fast. But anyway, it's great to be here with you today, Brad. We're going to have a great show. Hey, listen, everybody listening, I want to tell you something. We've been going through gear, and I, and I, I, I keep saying this, but gear is so important. It makes everything better. And uh, it's like butter and bacon, right? Everything's better cooked in butter and bacon, and having the right gear is like having bacon and butter in every camp. But we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about some of the miscellaneous things in your pack to wrap up this section. Then we'll shoot. We'll move on to some other stuff. But uh, we're going to talk about you know uh, trekking poles. I have I have actually forgot my trekking poles and taken bad trekking poles on sheep hunts and big mistake. Also, um, the little, little little wipes, the handkerchief, Ziploc bags, little teeny things that people don't think about, that if you have them, they're light, and they make all the difference just to have you have your little home away from home when you're in the wilderness and some little key conveniences that make you love your life and not miss your mama. Um, so we want to have all, we want to talk about that. But I will tell you this, mountain money it's the one thing I make sure is the first thing every time I'm going on a hunt, there's mountain money in there because I learned a long time ago, if you take care of your butt and your feet, everything's better. You can survive Life longer. Life is better. It's when, more better. More better when your butt and your feet are in good shape. That's for sure. And I know you'll have some commentary on that. But we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to go to like uh, little bone saws, hunting knives, and having been a butcher one time in my so life. So you were a butcher. Mm-hmm, I was. And, you were still, and I guess I still am. You're still kind of a butcher, right? Once so, a butcher, always a butcher. So Once a butcher, always a butcher. what is your philosophy? Because your philosophy has 
modified my philosophy over the last 10, 12 years mm-hmm. that we've been hunting together. Because I always used to buy it. I like knives. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mini knife collector, you, and I like nice knives. I wouldn't right? say a mini one, Brad. I would say you have a great knife collection. <laughs> <laughs> but I always used to like that. They, they came in D2 steel, and it was super hard. And yes. you had to, and, but once you were in the field and it died, it was like, uh, yeah, this is time for yeah, you, knife number two. You might have a butter knife with you. Right. And so my, my philosophy, I, I'm carrying throwaway knives now. But uh, what's your philosophy? Being the butcher, I know what it is, but tell us about it. No, I appreciate that. And I would love, I would love to help you, the listener. You know, seriously, Dennis in Peoria, Illinois, I want you to know that, uh, um, that uh, I have some strong opinions on that. Now, I will tell you this. Uh, my opinion's been altered with the technology of these throwaway blades. Okay, I used to think they were a joke because that just meant you were a bad butcher and a bad knife sharpener. But the reality is, is you know, it's like a guy that says, I like ketchup on my steak. I said, don't insult the cow. But you know what? Um, maybe yes. they want to compliment the ketchup or the, toma- the tomato. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a bad analogy because um, there's no way that's right. No, <laughs> no taste is subjective. <laughs> I would say this. The throwaway knives have their place now, and they're super sharp. Um, I, I have seen this. People aren't accustomed to throw away the, the, having that sharp a blade all the time. And so I've seen people cut themselves because they're not aware of it, and, and there's been more of that. But the throwaway knives are great. I don't like them personally because I can keep a knife remotely close to as sharp in the field and uh, um i like a, i like a stiff spine i like to have a back i like to lean on a knife and use a knife for what it is i am not i'm i'm not a what i would call a sweep cutter Finesser. i'm not a finesse cutter i know what i, I got a four inch knife i want to get a five inch cut out of it so um i think they have their place me personally um i carry a um either a buck 110 is my favorite hunting knife ever i got one from my father-in-law um, first Christmas I ever went to his house, Buck 110. The reason I like it so well is it has a good handle and it has a, a, a nice um, spine on it, but it's super easy. It's a soft steel and it's super easy to correct the blade. It's super easy right. to, get, to get sharp in the field. Right now, what you just heard me click open was a Columbia River knife and tool. Okay. Um, I, I've bought four of these because I have forgotten them. I've, I've given them away as gifts at TSA before. These are about the same, um, similar blade. Mine's a little, yeah. I, I don't even know what this, this is that cheap one that we got. That that but that has a hoop. soft steel on it. Yeah, yeah. This, this particular Columbia River knife and tool is not the most expensive. It has, it, it's a lot like a buck 110. I like it because it's the auto assist open. Yeah. And it goes in my pocket. So if I was going on a hunting trip today, which I'm always ready to go, I have this, and I just showed you the new knife I got. It's a one piece, so it has a it, it's strong in my hand, and I can break down. You can you can pry with a one piece. I, I can pry with one piece. That's really. If you good. want to take ribs off, dislocate mm-hmm. joints is better. Yeah, and so I carry a one piece. I carry this, but 90% of the deer I got, I don't even get the one piece out. I just go to town with this, and uh, and I have this rated deer. I bung the animal. I don't split the hip. Nothing drives me crazier than watching some guy hatch it open the hip when all you got to do is bung the animal. So, and we can do it. We can do a whole podcast on that. And I could actually uh, um, explain that, what we're, what, how the best way to do that. But that's my background on knives. Uh, I will tell you this I, I carry one of those easy sharps, those little red things, and it's yeah, a carbide those, blade. Yeah. And it's like having a steel, it's hard on the blade. But I, but I, who cares? Knives are they're the ones where that little wooden finish thing that we're using. Those are nine bucks. Yeah, and and so I do carry three knives. I carry that seven dollar wood thing. Yeah, Um, it's a Swiss uh, Swiss, finish or something. It's a finish knife. Yeah, I carry that. 
Um, cheap, cheap, soft steel. It's super soft steel. Cheap, 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 cheap. I carry this, and I carry the one piece, and that, that that's all I carry. I carry yeah. three knives. And uh, um, and if you're not backpacking, you can carry more and bigger ones. If you're going to be carrying it on your own personal <laughs> self, then you you um you know you carefully. So Brian's buddy showed up to go on a moose hunt with us. He had nine knives, nine knives in seven bags. <laughs> and he yeah. shows up late from Timbuktu. I mean, there's not, he doesn't even live in a town. It's not, there's not even a town by where he lives. He lived, I don't even know how to describe it, but he shows up with seven bags and Brian, and he's late to the airport, first flight ever. <laughs> Brian, Brian's like, okay, tell me what you want to keep because. <laughs> you get you get two knives. He just wanted me to help him out to make sure he was taking what he needed to. So he brought a lot of an assortment so we can make it. Next good time choice. you take a next time you take a new guy hunting like that, you want to make sure he spends the night at your house or yours at his. So you um, we're butchering moose, ain't yeah. we? I will I will tell you this: if, if if I was a moose if I was a moose guide, okay, and um and uh, and I was going to be breaking moose quarters all the time. I would have a breaking knife. Yep. I would have a Vector Knox or a Swebo or you know a you, Dexter you Russell. Have more. I would I, I would have a breaking knife, and then I would have um, I would have definitely have a diamond steel to assist that carbide straight edge straightener simply because then I could hit that thing and I could go to work breaking out those things. But anything less than a, for me personally, cause I, I, I know the anatomy super well of all those animals have being a butcher. Um, I, I, I see no need for all the, I, I always, it, it, I'm, I'm not picking on anybody, but it always makes me laugh when somebody comes with the big Rambo knives. Okay. Because that's, that there's, there's just that's no fighting knife. Yeah. That's there's just no, knife. there's just no place for it. That that's, that's, that's uh that's a, Hollywood knife because <laughs> we got into a discussion before we started because uh, we have a, a bone saw on the list because you wanted a bone saw but you don't use a bone saw for much of the bone I don't use it so much on the animal carcass itself I use it for removing the the uh, skull plate from a big animal that you're not going to do a European mount on if you're hunting in Alaska moose bear lots of times the animal dies in the alders and you can't you're trying to hack at them with a pocket knife and so I use them to cut out all the brush um, I use them <clears throat> for like, if you, we've had several times we had to spend the night on the mountain and we use it, that to cut pine boughs is a lot easier than tearing branches off. And so you can make a nice bed or when you're setting up a tent, I've had times where you're in a really crappy place and you got to build, a, 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 a basically we clear some bush and some trees, um, for a place for a tent and I'll use a saw for that. So mainly it's more for backpack hunting if I'm day hunting. It's not as critical if you're gonna if you're only gonna carry the animal out a short distance. You don't necessarily need to take the the skin off the face. I'm talking about when I go on Asian trips and any any time where I'm out there where I don't have vehicle access and I'm gonna have to build my camp a progressive camp. Then I use it on every hunt I've ever been on, basically, unless you're in the desert or something. But I've even had times in the desert where you um, you might need it. Uh, but sheep in particular have fairly heavy heads you know, the skull plates and uh, especially your moose do. Now, if it's an antelope or, um, you know, a, a deer, it's not quite as heavy, but it's nice to be able to cut that skull plate off and uh, take it back. Uh, and, and a lot of times to take the, the brains out of an animal, instead of trying to pick at it, I'll cut that axis joint off the back of the head, that big. And then if no. I do want the European, if I do want the European uh, mount, I can cut that I can get the brains out a lot easier than sitting out there with a willow stick for an hour trying to get the brains out. Yeah, you just so you you just pop that that 
the Atlas joint, the top part of yeah, it. Yeah, after, but then... And then just knock it out. And then there's that big hole there, and it drains. That that makes a lot of sense. So I, I, I don't take it off. I take it off the animal still with a knife, but let's say I've no, taken I the skin off, saying. and yep. then I'll cut that. So then I have a, the ball an joint. inch and a half hole to, to get the brains out of. Mm -hmm. I, I, that makes a lot of sense. I will tell you this. Um, you're talking about this. One of the things I take on Western hunts, and I've taken it on the last two Alaska hunts, is a Gerber hatchet, the new carbide mm -hmm. Gerber hatchet with a synthetic handle because mm -hmm. those are super nice. They weigh next to nothing. You can throw them right in your pack next to your walking sticks. And and I didn't take it to Russia. If I, Next time I go to Russia, I will have that Gerber hatchet with me. It's really nice, especially if you've got a group of guys. Not everybody needs a saw. The hatchet nope. has its advantages. If you're going to do a lot of, like, building a shelter, if you're going to do a lot of firewood cutting, um, it's really nice to have the hatchet to split wood. It's really nice to, if you're, you know, it's a lot of things you can do with a hatchet. Limb, limb, limb you know. It's much faster than sawing. It is. And, and so I just know the last time I went to Alaska, I did take that, and I, I regretted not having it because we spent the night on the mountain when I killed my sheep that day. And Tracy and Noah and Tanner and I, they, we were busting those boughs down to make our bow circle with little knives. And I was like, we could have done all that in 10 minutes with yeah, a hatchet. Would you, you wouldn't have hauled it up that Yeah, actually, you know what? I, I would have hauled, hauled that up versus a sheep pack especially now that i'm living with brian martin because i take the right pack and if it's three pounds more it makes me no dip my perspective on that has absolutely changed in the last five years the ultra light place i'm going to get an ultra good shape instead of continuing to worry about ultra light and so i would take it when i go remote remote like that the hatchet has its place and that little saw um i would add that uh how about how about i always carry a gerber but I don't consider that a knife, um, or not a Gerber, a Leatherman. Tool, yeah. I Because here's why. I always have a corkscrew, because you never know when you're going to run into a good bottle of wine. That uh, hasn't been a problem for me. I don't usually <laughs> bring a corkscrew but, on my wilderness hunts. But I do use a multi-tool. What multi-tool? punch. Yeah, it has a leather punch. What, what's the what multi-tool do you guys use? I use the blue Leatherman. So I have an inverse relationship with the cost of a multi-tool or a knife the shorter the duration i own it so my favorite one has been a relatively expensive that's a leatherman skeletool or something but yeah they're a hundred the hundred dollar ones i usually have for a month and i lose them the five dollar seven dollar nine dollar knives i have them forever really i i, I have i've had that blue one 10 years yeah so i have a system i use for with tools imagine that if I'm backpacking, I take this little micro Leatherman. Thanks. The downside Mine is if, now. if it's around horse guys, do not let them use that because they will try and twist things with it and, and you will break. I've had three now break the, um, the pliers off. So if you're going to torque and twist, it's not strong enough to do that. If I'm around horses, I always pack the bigger Leatherman tool, whether that's a Wave or one of the original Leathermans, that um, you can actually poke holes and things um, that have leather. And so you can readjust saddles. So for me, around the horses, a lot of guys, otherwise these guys are dangerous and they're trying to cut it with a knife. So for me, I pack a big Leatherman if I'm going with horses or going with like a lot of equipment, boats and motors. If I'm going to be strictly backpacking, I just take the little Leatherman like that. That's all I've ever needed. I never need the big Leatherman when I don't have horses or boats and stuff. But we, I, um, in general, I've used the Bucks. I've used some of the other ones. The Leatherman for me has, in generally, been the best quality. I'm not saying the other ones don't work, but I've had I've never broke the big Leathermans. 
Uh, that little Leatherman, when you go that light, it's about a $30, $35 product. It just can't handle heavy torque. But as far as the knives go, um, when I when we first started hunting, because we didn't, I, I didn't get a chance to talk about knives, um, we basically all had normal knives. And I would always, at the end of the at the beginning of the season, I would sharpen everything up with a Lansky, and find the right. There's different angles, right? You find the right angle. Twenty-five. Yes, it depends on the kind. And if you're really good with a big stone, it's good. If I don't have a Lansky, I'll just take my Sharpie marker and find the find find exactly so when I'm scraping down the stone, I know exactly what angle it's taking off and if I'm taking too much or too little. That's my that's my quick trick was a Sharpie marker. <laughs> so and so when I'm in the field now, I, I still take a normal knife like Brian does because especially in Asia, guys are cutting away and they, they almost all of them like to take the ribs and the leg bones and, and you always break the blades. I use a Havilon because it's light. But some of the new ones, like the Gerber and the Outdoor, was it Outdoor? Outdoor Edge. Outdoor Edge makes a much really, stronger one. I really <clears throat> like the Outdoor Edge, the new So, So one. what I do is I carry, uh, the, I carry the orange handle typically. I recommend it because I've lost a couple of them in the, in the dark. Orange, orange handled Havilon. I pack probably five or six of the bigger blades. I believe they're called the 60s. And I pack a couple of the little guys, which are 20 or 21, 22s. And I use those, the little guys, for taking toes out. So if I'm flesh, when I get the animal out and I'm doing like a bear and I got to take all the flesh out in the field and for cutting the horns off of a deer um, and cutting around the, the uh, nose and the lips, I like the little guys, way less likely to cut. And then I always pack a, a little, a lightweight plastic uh, type. It's not really plastic, it's metal inside. It's like a rubber plastic handled um, scalpel blade. So I can, I use that as an ear stick. The end of it's rounded so I can roll the ears on the animals. And I give that to one of the guides when we're doing the animals. So we have two, always have two razor blades. And then I have a little, I have two knife sets. One I got from Kaufman Knives in Montana. The other one I got from a guy named Dunkerley. And he was a retired outfitter. And they both come in one little leather sheath, a little micro sharpener. And it has a little micro knife for, again, like doing the eyes and ears and feet. And then it has a nice knife, kind of like similar to what Brian had this morning that he showed me, but a little smaller. It's great for deer and sheep and ibex but if i'm going to go bear hunting or moose hunting i d definitely prefer like your knife is probably the best one i've seen in a while it's probably what about a four to five inch blade yep four and a half inch blade and i want to say the handle was probably half an inch longer than some so you get a big guy or even a smaller guy you get more leverage there yep. and you're not going to break it was a perfect shape it's a, it's what we call a drop point blade it's not a clip point so when you're you're skinny you don't poke holes in the skin yep. a clip point is more for stabbing and the drop point is more for skinning so for me, I do that. So I have the little sharpening stone, and then I can then I have enough knives. If I'm in Asia, I got basically four knives, two ha and it's super light. All those knives combined probably weigh an ounce or two more than Brian's big. No, I would call a big it. beefy one. He's yeah, got. no, but it's good. But if you're going moose hunting or bear hunting, it's your black handled one, and you're going to be fancy, skinny. Uh, Macarta handle. No, it's a brand new one he just got. Yeah. No. Oh, that's not a heavy. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, but I, I recommend, but I've done a whole moose by myself with Havlon, but you're going to break blades. If you're going to do a moose by yourself in the dark, you're going to break a few blades. I should bring you some of those 11s. Have you ever used the 11? Those would be handy for you. for Just the 21s and 22s. I don't know what size 11 is. It's a pointy, it's a small pointy one, but you need... Yeah, and then always with the knives, I always have the rubber. If you're, if you're a person who's really haphazard and always stabbing yourself, there are like Kevlar gloves you can put on. Um, I always have like the, uh, I've seen a lot of guys that cut themselves almost every time, Yeah. but I, I always wear like nothing wrong with the that. dental type gloves and nitride gloves. And then actually the tougher gloves are the mechanic ones you buy at the heart. Uh, the like little it, black ones. They're thick and they're thicker. Yeah, they're designed for changing soft. oil and stuff. And they're a little bit easier to take on and off and, uh, they're tougher. They don't give you the dexterity, 
but they're also a little bit warmer in cold weather. I always get one size bigger and then put a thin, really thin fleece glaive underneath them. So in cold weather, I can cut an animal up without freezing my hands. Well, they, uh, yeah, you know what I was going to say too. Um, if you go get a buck scabbard um, for the buck 115 and just buy that scabbard and you buy a Victor Knox or Super a knife. Swebo, yep, a Victor Knox or a Swebo boning knife, the yellow handled Swebo or the black handled Victor Knox, okay, a boning knife that weighs nothing. And if you throw it in there, then you're going to have an opportunity if you're butchering your own stuff when you get back to the truck or back. I know I do have one of those in my truck at all times. And, and so I wanted to add that knife because it's not fair to say these are the only knives I use because I do have that Victor Knox. Victor Knox is awesome. Knives. I've taken them overseas yeah. and the guys love them. Yeah. They just don't come with a good sheath. No, and, so and, and that's why the, the Buck 110, that's, yeah. a, that's exactly right. The, uh, the Buck 115 black sheath that you buy, it, it fits it perfect. So, hey, real quick, we got a few more minutes. Let's do, uh, um, let's do the Mountain Money conversation. We, um, we there's one product yes, that we skipped no while we're, we're going to go back we're going to okay. finish with trekking poles okay yeah okay. so you okay with that yeah. well, we go trekking poles now ryan let's go let's do trekking poles well, trekking poles is a, is, is a quick conversation yeah if you don't carry a trekking pole in the mountains you probably haven't used one the right way because they are <laughs> they are literally your third leg and even when we were in our 20s we thought ah, we're too tough we don't need to carry these things right no you no. do saves a lot of head plants um because it's it's and, and, and what I do, I, I still take a set of two, but I've broken more than one share of trekking poles over the year, especially if they're, as they get older and they get a little weaker if you bent them. I prefer the carbon in general, but I've broken all of them, titanium, aluminum. I tend to get the ones in the set. I don't like the ones with the plungers, which have the spring as much. And the reason is I've had times where you're putting down and you're using as leverage to push off against a rock. And all of a sudden, the you forget you have a plunger, and you go to sink down an inch, and that's like it, it kind of tricks you a little bit. So if you're going to be walking on the pavement and, and, and doing all that, and you want the plungers, and that's what you're trained with, the plungers are okay. But in the mountains, I don't like the plunger ones, and they add weight, and they're also longer, so you can't make them as short to put in your pack. So I prefer the ones that have two sections of pull out. A lot of the new ones, you you flip them and they're they're connected with a cable, and you got one adjustment. That, so that, that's the the last ones I bought were that way. I got to tell you, I was never a trekking pole guy. Brad was, I wasn't. I wouldn't give them up for the world. I had a guy tell me that it's like putting railings on. Well, on you don't downhill ski without poles. No, do that's you? exactly right. And I ski all the time. And it just changed my world on the mountain having good. Do you good like those? Poles. You got the Leckies, the ones that have the cord, shot cord. Yep. Thing in them. The, the, the Leckies are Black Diamond of the companies that I've used. There's other ones probably that are good, and they're between 110 and 170 dollars a set, depending on what level you buy retail. And that's what I found are the two best companies. I take some of them have a great big like snow thing that you can put on them, mm -hmm. and basket. you don't want that. Mm -hmm. You don't want the big snow basket. A lot of the ones will come with a little bitty snow basket. And I call it the anti-rock crack basket because if you don't put that on there and you're walking through the mud or walking through a big boulder field, that I've seen the guys lose their trekking poles because it went down and it slipped right down the hole. And so you want the one that has about a two-inch wide, inch-and-a-half wide, I call it a mud and rock basket. The snow trek basket is better if you're going to be snowshoeing, and a lot of the, these ones come with those. You can screw on and switch them, or you can leave the standard one on and put that on. So that's really important. Uh, the carbide tips, you want the carbide tip, take the rubber tip off. The only time I like the rubber tip is if literally if you're going to be walking on pavement or if you're going to be walking in the rocks and you're trying to do a stock on an animal, you might have the rubber tip. But and generally, I only keep the rubber tips so it doesn't poke holes in my bag when I'm traveling with that. Carbide po point is pretty pretty sharp. 
it rubs against your pack on a horse or in your bag for a long time, it'll poke a hole in your either your bag or your um, backpack. And I typically, if it's a really steep mountain and I'm side hilling, I only use one because I want to be able to grab the rocks and the bush with my other hand. And, and then when I hit a big trail, I might have the other one. And then I pack another one on a long trip. So you should have, if there's two or three guys, you should have one extra trekking pole if most guys only want one because it probably the odds on a 10-day trip with three guys, I'd say 50% odds that at least one of the guys is going to break one. And so it's nice. So that means three guys, one pole each. And if you break them, one guy doesn't have one. So you should pack at least one extra trekking pole. And if you're hiking in an area where you can do a lot of glassing from standing up, sheep hunting, you don't glass a lot standing. It's more sitting. I like a longer trekking pole like in Africa or in desert where I can, it goes up to my head height. Most, most trekking poles only go up to your rib cage and they're not tall enough to go up above your chest so you can glass with them. And that, that makes a lot of sense. The ones that, uh, they're the Leica Micro Vario is, I should, is what I got. And they're, I should they're, they're anywhere leaky. from... They're the Leaky. Leak, is it le, 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 leaky or Leaky? Le, le, L-E-K-I. L-E-K-I Micro uh, Vario. Vario. V-A-I. And they're anywhere on here. Um from 200 to 250 bucks Ooh, and, those are expensive and, and i will tell you this um yeah here's the exact ones i have and uh you know they yeah they're anywhere from 200 to 250 bucks but i will tell you this okay i weigh 230 pounds i'm six foot four with shoes on over that and uh um i, I i'm not going to get a cheap trekking pole right because mine mine are black diamond carbons and i don't the unknown brendio and uh, they're good, but they weren't near that expensive. I don't think I'm guessing. These I'm are the good. ones that do have the, they're the new ones with the cable. And they're right? good. And they're good. They have one adjustment on them. Yeah. And so. generally, the reason they're, those are nice, I've seen too many people, they extend them too long right past the stop section. Mm -hmm. And then they, so the bottom, <laughs> they're weak. the bottom one is all the way extended to the stop section. The next one is three inches of gap. <laughs> and then so they, have they wonder why they, have they break. Oh, they have an oh shit moment so when it tumbles and I falls. saw Brian goes, oh, he, he grabbed the guy's I go, I, this is the reason I don't like these because Take him out, and he takes these out and whacks it once. <laughs> guys, brand new $140 <laughs> trekking oh poles. And, and I'm sitting there going, well, I kind of broke those. And, and I was like, I'll buy you a new pair. And he was like, no, glad they happened now before. And you showed me that. I'll go buy the real pair now. Right. So it was funny. Well, the the no-name brand, I bought them before, and the carbides and stuff fall out of them easier. They don't have a, the pure carbide. They just might have aluminum tip. And they'll wear out quick. So you want to make sure you got that carbide tip because it will literally stick to like icy rocks and things mm -hmm. where a standard like soft aluminum tip won't. And the aluminum tip wears out too quick. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, here's the thing. Again, you just got to give us a shout, man. You got to go look at our membership, get a concierge rep in here, get yourself uh, versed with all the people in the office every day. We are a hunting company. We want to help you. We're an adventure company. We're built to help you go on adventures, get the right information, the right data. Hey, make sure you share this with somebody before we go into this last little part, because this is the fun part. Um, this is called Mountain Money. This is the mountain money moment. And here's the thing. On the mountain, in the wilderness, cash does you no good. Okay, even if you can't find your cash because you hide it from yourself, your name is Brad Dana, you know you brought 4000 bucks, but you forgot what pouch you put it in, okay? Because So all he's got to do is hide it from himself. <laughs> I know I had money. It's no big deal. Do you have mountain money? I'll trade you. I even remember where so, I hit it that time. Uh, so what is mountain money? Mountain money is the good stuff that you use on your backside when you really need it. It's basically ass wipe. 
Exactly. So there it is. You know what I've added in, since this coronavirus breakdown? I've added, because I usually carry one of those little uh, squeezy uh, alcohol things for the planes, you know. And I thought you were talking about a turkey baster. No, 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 not a turkey baster. You're worried about corona in the middle of nowhere. But I'm, I'm going to start bringing one of the, the disinfectant ones. You should. Too. I, I, I would I'm if I was you, that. too, because you're kind of a dirty person. But other than that, um, <laughs> I'm throwing stuff at me. No, in all sincerity, um, I, I tell you what, mountain money is the most. It's the butt and the feet that you need to take care of. We've talked about the feet. But I personally don't get the scented kite. But I will tell you this. If you can get yourself a little mountain money, I take a bath every night. Every night, no matter what, unless I'm stuck on the mountain, I, I literally take a bath with wet wipes. You? Um, no, I don't do it every night, but I do use a wipe down my face and hands and armpits if you need to, and obviously the other parts. Um, so I, I like the disposable ones that are that basically called adult wipes um, that don't, if you use a baby wipe, they're not disposable. You can't just like throw them out there. They'll... I've seen guys uh, use them and buy the same tree. You come back a year later and they're sitting there white again, washed off. So you have the reusable. Um, yeah, they're a little dry, but um, oh, he's tried them. But you little use, dry. You you use the working pinch. You, 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 yeah, you want to yeah, use a flush. Hey, there's Martin, not bad. He's in the same tree. <laughs> you want to use cut cost this year. <laughs> Don't have mountain money up there. It's you you want to use a, you want to use a flushable kind. <laughs> Um, the biodegradable well, kind. Where are you flushing those? <laughs> it's basically, it's like a paper towel with water on it, really, is what you're dealing with. I have to tell you a secret. You're never going to find my white wipes. You know why? Because I'm like a cat. I dig a hole. Yeah, you should, you know. I use the heel of my boot. I dig a hole. And but, then cr but critters, a lot of times, will go out there and dig up your crap. <laughs> and then you'll have, you'll have the non-disposable kinds blown all over the mountain. Well, then there's always that, the crap digging critters in the wilderness. Well, we can't account well, for if you every hunt in, little obstacle, if you hunt in Kyrgyzstan, If you hunt in Kyrgyzstan and the camp staff doesn't feed the dogs, you have shit-eating dogs. So they follow you out there and they're, um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then here we will end on this. But hey, I'll tell you, really important, though. Please, because so you have like one minute before. Mountain money, as you call it. Yes. Do not assume you are going to be the same consistency or regularity of you are at home. No, for sure. So it's a lot like going winter camping. You don't take the same amount of fuel as you do for a summer camping trip. We, and we, when you go to the mountains, you don't take the same amount of things you would. So I would tell you, because you might get the craps. I can we, promise hey, you. And whole, I would triple. Two weeks. Hey, we have a whole podcast on this called Personal, because um, we well, that's a huge thing. I would triple. Two weeks of Mountain I House, ran I promise out. you, you won't be the same consistency. I have ran out, and we're using napkins and paper towels and everything else on some of the Asian hunts where guys get the diarrhea. And instead of once or twice a day, it's six times a day. It is not a good experience. So you yeah. have to have enough. I won't enough. run out. I'm telling you, I, I, I plan for twice as much as I need because you're right. Because you know what Mountain House does to me? It's not the Mountain House. It's the water for no. something. Oh, no. It, I'm telling you because if... We, it, we've had hunters get constipated where they don't go for three, four days because they're eating Mountain House and they're, not, and they're not eating enough nuts and dried fruits. Really? Yeah, it, but it depends me, on the person. It, you don't know. I mean, if you don't know, always go a little extra, just like your hip buckle. You no, Hopefully you don't break your hip buckle, but if you don't have a hip buckle, you don't have one. I've tried the keto diet on hard hunts. That's a no-go. Yeah, that wasn't very smart. But sometimes dentists aren't too smart, so, you know. Um, you know one I'm of running out of things to throw one at you. 
What okay. Is- hey, listen, let, I, I, we want to keep going, but to be sensitive to our listener, we're going to try to keep this to a little right around that half an hour mark. I appreciate you getting on today. Go check out our membership, rollingbones.com. Hey, if you want to know where for real, what I really always like to do is talk to somebody too. 605-644-8000. We're old fashioned with young people in here and we'll pick up the phone and say, hello, Rolling Bones. How can we help you? Go ahead. Give us a call. Give us a shout out. Go check out our membership. Get the membership, man. It's 50 bucks a year, the baseline, and you have access to all of this. Appreciate you listening. Be safe, stay healthy, and have a great rest of your week.